You're listening to a sermon from Red Door Church in Melbourne. For more information, go to reddoorchurch.com.au. Is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 to 14, and can be found on page 859 of the Pew Bible. Whenever you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honoured as holy. Your kingdom come, your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others for their offences, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others your Father will not forgive your offences. This is the word of the Lord. Well, it's a great uh, delight to be with you again today. Uh, I have enjoyed uh, visiting you, and I got here in record time today not by speeding, but by not getting lost on the way, which is a, a good sermon illustration of something, I'm sure. I love going to church because I love miracles, and uh, wherever I go to church, I can see miracles all around me. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that's a miracle, isn't it? And if you're still trusting in Jesus Christ and still praying and still confessing your sins and still in fellowship with other believers by coming along to church or by watching online, that's a miracle too, isn't it? So God is so kind to us, isn't he? not only for the human life we lead, but also for our life in Christ as God's people. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer, and as we heard again from Matthew chapter 6, I thought to myself, well, we're not likely to be praying on street corners, are we? That's not a kind of vice of Christians in the 21st century like those Pharisees. And we're not like, likely, I think, to be 
praying for too long like those Gentiles who kept on rabbiting on to God for hours when he was quite bored with them. But we can learn from Jesus' teaching in the Lord's Prayer, can't we? We learnt, didn't we, that we should put God's agenda, God's plan, God's desires first in our prayers, just ahead of our wishes and desires, praying for God's name to be made holy throughout the world, for God's great kingdom to come through the Lord Jesus Christ, and so for God's saving will to be done through Jesus Christ. This massive prayer, this vast prayer, which is the first prayer in the Lord's Prayer, such a big prayer that it could only be fulfilled by the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who reveals God so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is himself the kingdom of God, come near. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who does the saving will of his Father, not my will but yours be done, he said in Gethsemane before he went to the cross. So praying the first prayer of the Lord's Prayer, may your name be uh, uh, sanctified, made holy in this world, may your kingdom come, your will be done. That's the biggest prayer anybody could ever pray. But our certainty that it will be fulfilled, this prayer will be answered, is because Jesus came and died and rose again, and because Jesus will come again. And then, finally, that prayer will be answered. Prayers that Christians have prayed daily for centuries and, indeed, for 2,000 years. But then we learned that God is not only concerned with his big plan for the whole universe, his cosmic goal to bring everything under Christ, God's also concerned for our ordinary, simple, everyday lives. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, everything we need to stay alive. Indeed, it's such a fundamental prayer that we often forget to pray it because we might think we don't need to pray it, especially if we haven't ever experienced hunger or starvation or malnutrition. But it is a prayer that many people pray because they need to pray it. And as a matter of fact, although our cupboard may be full of food, we need to pray it as well. Because every bite we eat, everything we drink, the air we breathe, the sun shining every day, these are all gifts of God. We're completely and absolutely dependent on God to stay alive. We need to pray that God would keep us alive every day so that we can love and serve him. 
And Jesus also taught us that we should pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That is, the daily prayer for forgiveness of our sins is a crucial part of our praying to our Heavenly Father. And I hope, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the habit of turning to God each day and asking for forgiveness for your sins, and especially, as we saw last week, for the debts you owe to God and others which you may forget to pay. That is, the debt you owe God to love him with heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the debts we owe others, all our neighbours, to love them and care for them. And now we come to the final prayer for ourselves. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, I'd like to ask you if this is a prayer you pray beyond when you pray it in the Lord's Prayer. That is, has this, is, this, is this a prayer which has infiltrated all your prayers, your spontaneous prayers? Or is it a prayer you only pray when we or you pray the Lord's Prayer? You see, what we, what we do pray for uh, reveals our hearts, but what we don't pray for reveals our hearts as well. And I've been encouraging you in this series to think whether the Lord's Prayer has seeped deep down within you so you automatically pray these prayers even if different, in different words when you pray. Do not bring us into temptation. That's an odd prayer to pray, isn't it, to our Heavenly Father? I think it means, do not let us be brought into a temptation or a time of testing which is too strong for us, which we cannot resist. Please protect us from a trial which we cannot endure. I love the story of Job in the Old Testament. Do you remember that Satan wanted to test Job? And God was so confident of Job's endurance that he boasted of Job to Satan and said, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, well, you know, if, if we can put some pressure on him, then he'll turn away from you. And God said, go ahead, he won't. And Job stood firm for God did not curse God. So Satan said, well, can we put more pressure on him? God said, go ahead, he'll stand firm. And Job did stand firm. In fact, I love, I love the fact that even if Job's trust in God wavered, God's trust in Job did not waver for a moment. Have you considered my servant Job? But... Remember in the story of Job that God put limits on the tests that Satan could impose 
on Job. And that's what we're asking God to do for us, to protect us from more temptation than we can resist, protect us from trials which we cannot endure. Well, uh, Jesus prayed for this kind of protection for his disciples when he was on earth. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked, asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned back, that is, knowing that Simon Peter will fail, but turn back, then strengthen your brothers. Or Jesus on the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples on the night before his death. Pray that you will not fall into temptation or fall under the trial. Well, he goes away to pray. He comes back and they're fast asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, Jesus asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And as a matter of fact, Jesus is still praying that prayer for us. For he prayed in his, for his disciples in John chapter 17. I remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. So before Jesus died, he prayed for the protection of his disciples. Or again in the same prayer, John chapter 17, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So our prayer, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, just echoes Jesus' prayer for us, that we would endure times of testing and endure temptations and that, that we would be delivered from the power of the evil one. And Jesus warns us about the last days. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and the anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that's about to happen. That you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. I think one of the great tests of being a Christian is not the things we do or decide to do, it's not our actions but our reactions. Because you can plan, can't you, 
to live a day serving God, but actually it's your reactions to what happened which are more revealing of your character. So you may go out thinking, well, today I'm going to love my neighbour, and that's lovely until uh, the dog from next door nips your ankles as you walk down the pavement, or a kindly person backs into you uh, with their car, or you get some bad news or a harassing phone call. And then it's your reactions to these things which reveal, uh, our reactions to these things which reveal who we are. It's all very well to decide to be patient with people except when they do something really silly and then our impatience comes to the surface. It's very easy to love our neighbour until they do something against us. Then the question is, will we still love them? So our reactions test us very deeply, don't they? We want to get on well with our family, but then somebody does something really selfish or silly and uh, we, uh, we lose our cool, our uh, equanimity, our cheerfulness. So this is actually a great prayer to pray, isn't it? It's a, pro a proactive prayer to pray. Do not bring us into temptation. Do not uh, lead us, do not bring us into a temptation or a trial that is too much for us. It's a prayer we can pray trusting that God will answer it, but still a prayer we should pray. Some of you will remember Mr. Howard, who was Prime Minister of Australia at one stage, saying, be alert but not alarmed. That is, be aware of what's going on, but don't be terrified. And that's great advice to us, isn't it? To be alert but not frightened to be sensibly aware but not fear that God's going to let us down or will somehow escape from God's protection or something like that. Do not bring us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Well, I wonder if you think about Satan and the devil and the kind of things he does because we don't live in a neutral world, do we? We live in a world in which God is all-powerful, but Satan is active. We live in a world which God rules, but in which Satan still works. What, do, what are some of the works of Satan? Well, Jesus describes one of them in Matthew's Gospel in the parable of the soils. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, the evil one, that is Satan, comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So as often as you're reading the Bible, Satan is present to peck the word of God out of your mind and your memory and your life. And every time you hear the Bible read here in this building, Satan is present, ready to peck the Word of God out of your life. And every time someone preaches to you, and even now in the uh, program next door, God is present speaking His words, but Satan is present as well, trying to grab those precious words of God, those 
living words of God out of our hearts and minds and lives. That's frightening, isn't it? A bit frightening, isn't it? Or think of Satan as the accuser. You know, it's right, isn't it, that the Holy Spirit makes us aware of our sins. But what Satan does is to rub our noses in our sins and say, therefore, God doesn't really love you because you're such a failure. God couldn't possibly be patient with a person like you committing the same sin day after day. Satan is the one who is always making us feel that we're absolutely and eternally unworthy of God. And we have to stand against him by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of Jesus' resurrection. Satan is the word pecker. Satan is the accuser. Satan, Jesus tells us, is the liar and the father, the father of lies. So Satan's job is to churn out lies about God and about the world and about ourselves. And he's feeding these lies into our world and into our minds all the time. And our only protection is to know the truth of God in the scriptures. And we're always facing the debate, do I trust the word of God or those lies of Satan? What are some of the lies of Satan around in our world today? Uh, God is dead. Uh, all religions are the same. You don't have to worry about God. You can decide your own values and your own self. The best thing is to be completely independent of God. That's real human maturity. And of course, every advertisement is a lie, isn't it? Every advertisement says, you need this to make you happy. <laughs> well, if you bought all those things which are advertised, you would not be happy because there'd be another advertisement you saw which made you unhappy. The advertisement tells you that if you buy these things, you will be happy. And that is a lie. Or we're also warned in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 4 that if we're angry, we might leave room for Satan. That is, if, we're, if we let our anger loose on the world, we might give Satan an opportunity to get a hold on us so that we, in, our anger increases and increases. See, that the moment we, we, we let let a part of ourselves loose from God, that's an opportunity for Satan to get some power in our lives. It may be thieving. It may be anger. It may be resentment. Whatever it is, once we give, give Satan a bit of space, then it, we need, we desperately need, only the power of God can rescue us from Satan's influ influence and power in our lives. Only the blood of Jesus is strong enough to defeat Satan. 
No wonder Jesus tells his disciples and us, deliver us from the evil one. And how wonderful that God has warned us. And how wonderful that God has provided everything we need for our protection from Satan. Ephesians 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes his tricks for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand firm Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So our prayer in defense against Satan, the evil one, should also be a prayer of protection for all of God's people as well. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. What a great prayer to pray for our missionaries What a great prayer to pray for persecuted churches. What a great prayer to pray for each other. What an essential prayer to pray for each other. What an essential prayer to pray for all believers. Well, We know what to pray because Jesus told us what to pray. And if we pray these words, God will certainly hear and answer our prayers as we pray in the strong name of the Lord Jesus who died on the cross to save us from our sins, who died on the cross to save us from the wrath of God, and who died on the cross to save us from the power of Satan, deliver us from the power of the devil. And if we pray these prayers, God will certainly answer them. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Let's pray those words together. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one.
together. Do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And again, do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lord Jesus, you taught us to pray these prayers. Please prompt us to pray these prayers each day. We thank you for your mighty power and we thank you for our Father's generous love. And we thank and praise you that no prayer we pray in your name is wasted. But that prayers from our lips come to our Heavenly Father from your lips as well. For you are our great high priest and mediator. So we pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. 
of grace. 